Welcome everyone to the Big Head Sports Talk. I'm your host Jack Leibel here with my co-host Alec Miller. What's up guys? Uh, hope you enjoyed episode one. Uh, like we said last time, kind of bear with us. This is uh, our first kind of go at this and uh, I think it went pretty well. I had some good feedback so uh, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, hope you guys like this episode. Yeah, it's it's definitely a learning learning process for us. So just you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, last time we didn't really do this, but I I think we talked about doing this here. So let's a little bit of intro background knowledge of ourselves. Um, both went to the same high school there at Riverside. I am currently a sports management major here at Central Missouri uh, in Lawrenceburg and. You know, this is just kind of something I've always wanted to do and maybe maybe look into as a career in the future, but um, it's just just cool thing to do on the side, you know? Um, yeah, um, like Jack said, we're both from Wathena. Both went to Riverside. I graduated in 2015. Um, from there, I went on to Missouri Western State University in St. Joe. Um, I majored in um, – finance and management i just graduated last spring with my bachelor's degree and those um now i'm working for the family business at the moment and i coach football at riverside um i'm the defensive coordinator it's my second year as the defensive coordinator third year on staff um so that's pretty much what i'm up to now these days um always been a big sports guy so this has uh, been interesting to me, and it's been a fun experience so far. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, you know, my family has always talked, said this about me. I could sit there and talk about sports for hours. So this has been the perfect opportunity just to, you know, get stuff out there and have conversations about it. It's real fun. Um, yeah, man, I agree. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into her. Uh, let's do it. Start off with the uh, the MLB here. There's not not a lot of news, but we had our first no hitter of the season. Uh, Lucas Giolito from the White Sox. He threw a no hitter the other night, and it was the 19th in White Sox history, which seems like a high number to me. Um, I watched I watched part of the game, and he he had it moving. He had it moving. Uh, guys weren't really picking up the ball out of his hand, and it just worked well for him um for sure man uh i didn't watch the game i'm pretty sure i was watching nba yeah at the time yeah um but i've seen some highlights and yeah he was dealing for sure he uh i know his last the very last out of the game was kind of a scare it was a line drive that kind of tailed off at the end and gave everyone a heart attack i'm sure watching it but oh yeah that's how it goes man uh also in the MLB you know we got the trade deadline coming up there will be lots of I mean they haven't been a lot of big moves this year or this year so far um I know the Royals just traded Phillips to the to the Rays for a shortstop prospect but other than that I know I there hasn't been a lot of trades there's a lot of talks but once once they start coming in we'll start talking about that a little bit more um yeah uh Speaking of, I did see the Red Sox came out and said pretty much that uh, no one is untouchable and maybe be moving uh, Jackie Bradley. I've seen that. Yeah. Um, 
there was I know there was talks about Bogarts, but then they came out and said that they're not moving him. So I'd say after their Mookie Betts ordeal there, I'd say they're probably smart for not moving their best player now. Um, yeah. Uh, I agree. I know that, you know, they've had a lot of injury problems this year, but still, I mean, uh, you know, there's other than that in the major leagues baseball, I don't think there's a lot to talk about. So we're just going to keep the train moving and we'll move right on to the NFL here. Um, you know, we got big news here of Earl Thomas getting released this last week uh, with some, he had a fight there with one of the other safeties on the team. Um, I think I think there's a lot that's built up to his release, but I think that just kind of was the straw that broke the camel's back, you know. Um, yeah, um, I think it was shocking to a lot of us kind of outsiders, um, just people. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was that big of a shocker to say the team. I, I was uh, listening and reading up on some stuff that there was even problems last year that he had in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Um, with one of their veteran defense alignments, been there his whole career, and uh, there was a uh, kind of a scuffle there yeah. that I was uh, um, reading up on, and that he's just kind of been uh, not the type of leader and locker room type of guy that he might be portrayed as. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I don't. It was shocking to me, like I said, but. I think the team – well, the team voted him, voted him off. I mean – Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, it was shocking. You've got a problem when you're that type of player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a perennial pro bowler. Yeah. And your See, team that's, votes you off. You don't you That's don't what shocked me. Team. Yeah, exactly. So, that's what shocked me because, you know, you saw him be such a great leader with Seattle and he was a good mentor to a lot of the younger guys out there and just – kind of kind of I don't know held mesh that defense together there when they had the Legion of Boom so it, yeah it, man it kind of shocked I totally me to agree. see him act like this when he went to the Ravens um I don't know yeah you did see though in Seattle towards the tail end there I mean he flipped off his coach yeah right when he got injured and he's played for two players coaches in my opinion Pete Carroll I don't know if there's a more players coach in the league and then you have uh John Harbaugh there in Baltimore, man. Yeah. Um, you never really hear about those guys um, arguing or not backing their players. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. A lot of people think he might end up in Dallas. I know McCarthy I read that today. and said that um, we just want chemistry – and good locker room dudes, and then Jerry turned around and said uh, that he hasn't talked to Earl and that he um, hasn't really discussed it with the team and they haven't really made a decision. Yeah. But you know Jerry, he's going to do whatever he wants to do. Even He's going to do whatever he can to sell tickets. I don't think he's worried about uh, that guy being a locker room guy because I think he's more worried about winning ball games. So, Well – and selling tickets. Yeah, that's – yeah. I think Jerry is more worried about, you know, selling tickets, making his money. He's he's a business guy, not a football guy. Right. I agree. Um, 
another another big story here. Uh, Buda Baker got that big contract, making him the highest paid safety in the league. Uh, four years, fifty nine mil. What do you think about that? Um, you know, when it first came out, I was shocked, and then I got to reading up on it. I knew he was a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been there. I, I think this is going to be his fourth year mm-hmm. or so. Um, but I didn't, I didn't realize how good he was, I guess, until I started reading some stats mm-hmm. up on him. He was fourth in the league last year in tackles with 147. That, I mean, that's a boatload of tackles, especially yeah. safe. But um, he's very versatile. He plays all over the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the article I read, there's a bleacher report. Um, he had 100 snaps at linebacker, safety, and slot corner. Um, that's pretty unreal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, honestly, they might have a another young kid there that's going to do the same type of thing. And Isaiah Simmons, you know, they drafted him. For sure. And, I mean, I know all the draft experts didn't really know what – do you put him at? Safety? Do you put him at linebacker? Yeah, you know? um, and and he's only twenty four, so he's he's young. He's got a lot of time left ahead of him, I think, and I think that's right. That's, that's a big. I'm not role in this contract situation. I feel like right. I'm not a huge believer in paying safeties like that, mm-hmm. um, because you know they're big contact guys. They're prone to injuries usually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should establish your pass rush over that, over, like, your safeties. But, I mean, they have Chandler Jones and they uh, Jordan Hicks. Yeah. So, I mean, Jones is going to contribute big time to the pass rush. Yeah. um, As we've seen in the past. But, uh, yeah, I mean, good for him, you know. Um, He's he's a proven player. um, So, I mean, I don't really have anything to knock on it. And uh, one thing I will add – that Simmons looks like he's going to be in a good system, you know, defensively because uh, they figured out how to use Buda Baker the correct way. Mm-hmm. So, uh, hopefully they put him in a situation where he's successful as well. Yeah, I, I was kind of worried about that because, you know, I told you last episode that I thought about uh, Jabril Peppers when I thought about Simmons and just kind of worried me that they were going to get him lost in a system somewhere. Um, yeah. But uh, I definitely like – Arizona, I think that, I mean, looking into their future, they've got a lot of young talent out there, and I think that they can be a pretty pretty good team here in the next couple of years with Kyler Murray, and now they got DeAndre Hopkins. And uh, Yep, and they have, uh, I mean, yeah, they have Larry Fitz. I don't know mm-hmm. how many more years he's got left, but they also have another good young wideout, Kristen Kirk. Yes, sir. Um, uh-huh. He's solid. And he did well last year. And yeah. I think it's just going to free him up more now with Hopkins. Mm-hmm, so, for sure. I mean, you have Hopkins and Fitz. They're going to draw the first two, mm-hmm. you know. And then you got Kirk. So, and I, I, th- I think in Arizona. be an explosive offense. For sure, yeah. And I think in Arizona you've seen uh, – you've seen Larry Fitz being targeted a lot from defenses, you know, they over the last couple of years. He hasn't really had us solid second target there so we'll see right. we'll see i think it'll be a really really good fit for them um, also you know we talked about this last week but uh 
Jadavian Clowney still hasn't been signed. Um, I read something today that actually said that they don't think he's going back to the Seahawks, um, which will be interesting to see where he goes if that's the case. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know who else would be looking at him. Um, yeah, I haven't really heard much on him lately. Um, I haven't really looked into it, but if he doesn't go back to Seattle, I would say some team's going to overpay him. Um, I did see um, maybe New England, but that's been a few weeks. Yeah, I don't know. They could be kind of a dark horse um, to get I, him. I don't. I don't really know. I just don't know a great fit for him. I. I mean, I think Seattle's the best fit, honestly. Mm-hmm. I I agree, and I the thing is, is I mean. You, you haven't really heard anything about any other team saying they're going to go target him. So right. if Seattle doesn't sign him, I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I, he really, I, like I said last year, I don't know that I saw the consistency that they wanted to see out of him, but he, he kind of stepped up there towards the playoffs and um, made some big plays for him. But I, I, I think if he goes back to Seattle, it'll be a great fit, and I think they'll just be even more dominant than I think they'll already be this year. Um, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Clowney is uh, – he's a solid player, but I think he's been overhyped his whole career. I agree. Um, I agree. Not saying that he's bad or not worth the money or anything. Yeah. But, I mean – I think his draft stock rose strictly on um, – well, I guess I shouldn't say strictly, but the big hit he had on the running back there in college at South yeah. Carolina. Yeah. Um, you know, that helps. It's a mm-hmm. wow play that, I mean, I think worked to his advantage, which it's not his fault, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, for being a high draft pick as he was, you know, I, I just don't think he is – lived up to the hype as much as what the media and everyone else portrays as. No, I, I don't. Like I said, solid player. Just, I don't want, I really don't want my team to overpay for a type of guy like that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Because I definitely feel like he wanted a big contract there last year in Seattle. I don't think he got, he didn't get it, but that's why he's in the situation that he's in now is because I feel like he's really wants it now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, You know, I don't, there's not much else in the NFL right now. Um, I think, you know, there's been a lot of shutdown. So we'll see, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of weeks. And I think there'll be a lot more movement in the free agency buzz and stuff. So, We'll, we'll go ahead and move yeah, on. Yeah, I know there is a there is a few players out there still. Yeah, yeah. Um, Devontae Freeman, Clowney. Um, I'm sure there's more. Just I know, uh, I know. Clay Matthews is still in the free agency. I know he's getting old. Oh, yeah, that's the other one. I think yeah. he's a re- he could be a good leader for some young guys. You know, um, I know. Like you know, Suggs came in for the Chiefs there at the end of the year. I think that's kind of a situation that uh, Matthews would be good in um, right we'll, we'll just see you know be interesting for sure all right let's go ahead and move on to the nba got some lots of news going on here with the playoffs and 
you know, got the lottery picks in. Uh, lots of lots of buzz around there. Uh, I kind of be kind of interesting to see, you know, where where things line up with Minnesota and Golden State there at one and two. Um, I kind of yeah. Uh, so I got a question. All right. You think Golden State is going to draft or trade? See, it's tough. I really see them I, – I could see it going either way because they do need a solid – to me, they need a solid big guy. They don't have, you know, a dominant big guy that they can go to. Um, I know that they – you know, you obviously they're going to have Steph and Clay back this year. Um, on top right. I see – one thing I will say about Golden State, I really like the move for Andrew Wiggins for them because um, I know a lot of people have said that Andrew Wiggins has been overrated the last couple of years, but I think going there, it'll help him, you know, with a coach like Steve Kerr, it'll help him find his jumper. I think he'll become more of a shooter um, and just a more overall better player. So, I mean, I, last year I talked about um, them going after Lori Markkinen from the Bulls because I thought he would be a great fit for them. He's a bigger guy that can shoot and spread out the floor. Um, but, you know, with this draft pick, I, I could see him going after a big guy, but I could also see him drafted or traded away for a bigger guy too. Yeah, man, I agree. I think Wiggins is a pretty good fit there. Um, I think Wiggins is kind of like a Harrison Barnes type when he was there, but mm-hmm. more – athletic higher ceiling mm-hmm. um and like you said you got clay and steph around around you you're gonna get open looks mm-hmm. i mean in minnesota he was the two with yeah. uh, carl anthony towns mm-hmm. um and if they were to trade i think they would trade wiggins with the pick yeah um but i think honestly I think they should just draft Wiseman out of Memphis, James mm-hmm. Wiseman. I like it. Um, and just keep Wiggins. Test it out. You know, you can always trade Wiggins if it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I think I think that would be their best move. Don't know if that's what they're going to do. but um, And Wiggins was productive there. I mean, the team was in bad shape, yes, but I thought he played well. At, I agree. At the, at the stretch, you know. And and what I saw in Minnesota was, you know, when Jimmy Butler was there with Cat, I think that that was when Wiggins was at his best, when he was the third option. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him. Right. So I th- I think this will I think this will be even better when he's got Stephen Clay back. So, um, you know, also there in the buzz, they say Lamelo might go one or two. Um, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on Lamelo? I don't think he's going one. Minnesota doesn't. I mean, they have. Um, they have D'Lo. Yes, mm-hmm. they have him. Um, so I don't think they're going to go there. Mm-hmm. And Golden State, I don't see them going there no. unless they're going to play him at the three, which is not his position. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so I would I would say Charlotte at three. And, you know, they've said that I've, I was looking at a couple of mock drafts today and they said that a lot, of, a lot of them have considered him dropping the three. Um, it's just hard for me to like, you know, go all in on a guy like that when he hasn't 
played against a bunch of talent like all these guys and you know that went to college did um, yeah and another thing which I think will help LaMelo if he does go to Charlotte it's a small market team and mm-hmm. his dad can't go blow it up like he did in LA with Bonzo. Yeah, yeah. I think a small market team will be good for him to start his career you know he honestly who who knows, but he probably won't stay his whole career in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. You know, if he drops to four, that's a large market team in Chicago. That could be bad news. I just think if he – Charlotte's a, a good fit because of the small market, low attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if he's good, you know, I know they have some young talent there. Mm-hmm. Um, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham had a breakout year. Um yeah, Terry Rogier. I I think he'd be a good fit in Charlotte. I think it, I think it add another level of them. You know, they've got a lot of shooters around there. Yeah, uh, I agree. I I just think small market would be good for a big name type of player like that starting their career out with all the background noise. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I agree. Um, you talk about small market, big player um i think of you know like zion um, yep Giannis. yeah Giannis. they're kind of and I think that takes a lot of pressure off of a young kid like that you know uh, right even though he's and, still uh, got eyes on him at all times i think it's less than it would be if he went to like a chicago so yeah i i agree and i mean lonzo took a step forward this year in my opinion you know moving to the small market mm-hmm. um I think he was averaging like 15 points. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. He was, he was about assists. a 15, five and five guy. Yeah, I was gonna say six, but um, I mean, he did change his shot, but he could actually shoot the three mm-hmm. um, a lot better um, and just kind of develop more yeah. without all the noise. I think that helped him to his his advantage. You know. Yeah. And and having you know to me having JJ Redick there would help him a lot. Um, you know he's been a shooter his whole career, and that's all he's really been kind of kind of known for here in the NBA as a shooter. Um, so I think that would help him kind of strengthen up his game. But right, um, one more thing uh, you might have more to talk about, which is fine with the lottery. But uh, one one big thing that kind of sticks out to me is. Uh, the Knicks getting the eighth pick. They mm-hmm. can't catch a break, man. Dude, it's um, it's bad. <laughs> it's been a brutal last 20 years for them or so. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, their owner is a clown. For sure. Um, and uh, if there was any way to get rid of an owner, I think Knicks fans would do anything possible. Oh, I'm sure. But, uh, um, it's just kind of a mess. And – it sucks for young young talent because they go there and stuff doesn't always you know work out. And, mm-hmm. uh, I'm glad like a player like Zion or John Morant you know didn't end up there last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hopefully R.J. Barrett you know can uh, keep excelling and uh, work things out and hopefully things get better. But yeah, they've been on a long struggle here. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, for me, it kind of sucked to see Dennis Smith uh, go there and, you know, kind of fall off because I definitely felt like he was a really, really solid player there in Dallas. And Yeah, very explosive. And I think I thought he had a really high ceiling, and 
now it kind of just seems a little limited. I don't know. Um, but uh, another name I kind of wanted to talk about, um, you know, Ozabuki out of KU there. Um, I, I, I really think that he could be dominant. He's a big guy, big, solid player that, you know, can, can play defense and is a really strong offensively. Um, so, and I saw him falling past the top 15 and it just shocked me. Um, I mean, I know he's been hurt this last year and there's been some injury concerns, but, uh, you know, I, 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 Michael Porter, you didn't even get to see him play in college and they still drafted him high. And I, you know, it's, it's something like that, that kind of proves to me that Ozabuki can still be a solid player in the NBA. So. Yeah, um, I kind of disagree with you there. I mean, if I was the team, I wouldn't take him in the first round, be strictly because he cannot shoot, and you have to be able to shoot. Um, I don't disagree that, yeah, his inside presence is dominant. Uh, you've seen that at KU. He can defend. Um, he can move well for a big man. I know he's kind of transformed his body over these last, what, has he been there four years at KU? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he came in at 300 pounds. He's like 255, 260. Um, Mm -hmm. But – and not saying you can't teach a guy how to shoot, but that guy cannot shoot. And in today's NBA, um, unless you're someone like Giannis, you know, Uh um, that just doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, You know, a guy like – I'm going to compare him kind of, it's not really comparing, but kind of uh, developmental stuff like Embiid, you know, at KU, he could shoot the elbow jumper and mm-hmm. then he just, you know, once he got to the league, he just kind of kept working and extended his game out. Mm-hmm. He's not a great three point shooter, but you know, you have to respect it and come out there and guard it. Yeah. Whereas Ozabuki, you know, he led the nation in field goal percentage for, I know last year. And I think the year before, but mm-hmm. the guy doesn't shoot more than five feet. You know, he's yeah. in the paint. He can't yeah. shoot free throws. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I would like – I mean, I think he's a good player, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just not sure he fits in today's NBA. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's just been a lot of – when I looked at the mock drafts and stuff, it seems like, you know, maybe the top – a lot of the top 20 are just guards. Um yeah, and I know this year is a kind of a weak draft, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And the no NCAA tournament didn't really help that, I guess. Yeah, that's but, true. But uh, um, I know it's kind of a weaker draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the we can move on to other news here in the NBA. Um, you know, we got the playoffs round uh, going here, so you know, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff going on right now with um you know the i one thing i really this is going to be kind of crazy to me is the clippers and mavs um it's been a crazy series um poor zingas has been out there for two games and i think it's taken a big toll on the mavs uh taken honestly it's taken a big toll on luca because you know that's his second scoring option yeah, man, they just kind of beaten Luca up, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but speaking of Luca, that guy's a baller. 
Oh my. But uh nuts. you can you can tell the toll it's kind of taking on him, mm-hmm. you know, he's uh he's playing a lot of minutes and uh, he's pretty much going to have to do most of the scoring until mm-hmm. um KP comes back, but uh yeah. I I don't know, man. It's just it's hard. Um, especially if Porzingis doesn't come back, you know, it's going to be hard for the Mavs to come out on top. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, I saw, I saw Luca. It's, I don't think he's at a hundred percent and he's, you know, the doc rivers has said, you know, we're going to, we've went at him mentally, physically, everything we can do to get this guy off this game. We've tried to do it. Um, you know, he's got a bad ankle right now and he's still playing, playing on it. Um, I think Morris has kind of gotten in his head too, but I, it's just, it's just interesting to watch such a young kid excel at such a high level. Yeah, man, I agree. He is going to, if he stays healthy, he's, he's going to be up there with all the records, I believe. Um, I agree. I agree. I think he averaged what 27 this year in his Mm -hmm. second year in the league. Um, now, I don't know if he's going to win a lot of games. Um, I mean, I think they're going to be playoff team, but um, I don't know. They're going to have to step up defensively because I think they're the worst defensive team in the league as far as rating and yeah. whatnot. But um, they yeah. they have a lot of close games from what I've seen. The games are way yes, too and they're and game. they're not very good in those close games. You know, yeah. they just don't close the game out. They just gotta add some more pieces. Um, you gotta take some pressure off of Luca. You gotta take some pressure off of Portazingas, I think. So Yeah, and you've seen some of them pieces excel. Trey Burke, um, Hardaway Jr. Mm-hmm. You know, they've played well, but um when uh Porzingis is out in these big time games against yeah. an opponent like the Clippers, especially the way he's been playing in the bubble, mm-hmm. you know, it's just tough. And and Finney Smith, uh, he was one of their best defenders there, and he was he was hurt. He was questionable before Game Four there, and he was, you know, you can tell he wasn't a hundred percent. So it's just, it's it's kind of a tough thing to see there because they've been, you know, kind of prone to injury. So, um, and you know, especially now that uh, Paul George is playing better. Well, at least he did last game. Um, you know, he he wasn't averaging, but maybe twenty points in the first couple of games, and then goes off for thirty five. So, yeah, if if they get him on track, it's going to be really hard for the Mavericks to stay in the series. You know, yeah, especially you know, especially if Porzingis is out, like we said. So, it'll it'll be a interesting series, and it's starting to you know kind of open up a little bit more. I didn't really like that because you know I picked the Mavs to win but now that now that things are falling apart it's kind of seeming like the Clippers are edging them out but we'll we'll see anything yeah. can happen um, um speaking of opening up a series how about the Lakers in game four man oh my they looked phenomenal man LeBron figured it out AD looked great um you know yeah uh LeBron had 36 and 10 on 10 or 12 shooting, so a very efficient night. Yeah, for sure. Um, but a big factor, I think, in that game was uh, his supporting cast. Yeah. 
I know I know Caruso looked good. Um, uh, KCP had 12. Danny Green had 14. Dwight Howard, who I believe is one of the best free agents they picked up. He's been a great fit um, coming off the bench, and especially in the bubble. He had 13, and Kuz had 18. Um, yeah, LeBron and AD. Those guys, I mean, they honestly do their jobs every night. Yeah. LeBron shoots 49% from the floor. AD shoots 50 or 51. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're going to do their job. And it's just, honestly, it's up to the supporting cast. Yeah. Whether the Lakers are going to be good that night or not. Um, I've got uh, a pretty interesting stat here. Um, the Lakers are undefeated when shooting 50% or better from uh, three-point. Um, they're undefeated this season. And they've only lost one game when they've shot 40% or better. Yeah, I I mean, they're, three. they're a dominant that, team, man. If they're clicking, it's hard to beat. I mean, and it's not that they're taking bad shots or really contested shots, you know. When you yeah. have LeBron and AD, you're going to draw the defense and um, you're going to have open threes. You're just going to have to knock down the shot. And I, and I watched that game four there and, you know, LeBron driving every time, you know, he's going to draw two or three guys every time he drives to the lane. Right. He makes it, fun, he's a phenomenal passer inside the paint. Yeah. So it's – if you've got the supporting guys, he's going to get you looks. Yeah, and uh, – the first couple games, the first couple games, I think LeBron was trying to use himself too much as a decoy, mm-hmm. where you know I'm gonna draw two, maybe three, and kick out, and rely on these guys to hit shots. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work out the best, you know. Yeah. yeah, they they won one, lost one, but um, LeBron's got to be. I think he figured out he's got to be a threat scoring, and then. He can pass. Yeah, you know? for sure. I know that's a knock on him a lot of the times where he wants to give up the shot, but, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of a in-game type of deal, what feels best, what's working best. You yeah. Know? If I mean, if the supporting cast on, sure, yeah, kick it out. But if they're not hitting a shot, man, just take it up, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Um. You know, another, another – Big time thing going on, you know, the Houston and Thunder. Yep, um, tied it up, right? Yep, yep. Um, you know, Dort is really, really putting the pressure on Harden. Um, you know, Harden had there in game four, uh, Harden had six turnovers. Um, he did He did go off for – he had 32 and 15. But um, – I, I just – I think that that's been one of his biggest defensive challenges of the year. You know, not a lot of people have the confidence to step up and try to, you know, guard him and get into him like Dort has. And he's been playing him physically too, so. I agree. You can kind of tell the fatigue um, that Harden's going through, mm-hmm. which is kind of a repeating thing you kind of see in the playoffs with uh, him. But – Honestly, um, I know Russ was supposed to be a game-time decision in game five, yeah. but that game's moved back. Um, so getting him yeah. back, I think, will um, help take the load off of Harden so much. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
and probably put Houston on top. Yeah. But um, it has been interesting. You know, uh, OKC, they play hard and um, well-coached, good leader in Chris Paul. So, it's it's been an interesting series. But um, mm-hmm. it's looking like Houston's going to get uh, Russ back. So Yeah. It'll be interesting. We'll see, I guess. They do get Russ back because, you know, this is the this is the year I feel like that'll be a deciding factor for what type of player Russ will be seen as, I feel like, to me. You know? Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, Russ is a lock at the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's got, kind of been portrayed as maybe not the best teammate always. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at the Thunder. They thought – they were going to have a lottery pick and, uh, you know, I think, what are they, the sixth seed? Yeah. Or they, no, they're the five. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're Four five. Four versus they're five, five, yeah. Um, no one really expected that from them. Um, and they've won, I think, just as many games, you know, when Russ was there. Mm-hmm. Granted, yeah, they did add Gallinari and uh, Gilgis Alexander. But mm-hmm. um, I think Russ had comparable um, supporting cast. Yeah, and I, I think so, uh, I think that uh, that says a lot about Chris Paul as a player to me. Uh, oh, one hundred percent. I haven't always and, uh, been a biggest I'm, fan of him, but I, this year he's sold me. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat, and I'm not trying to knock Russ, but uh, that just I mean, because I, I like Russ, he's explosive, he's fun to watch, but mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of my view and opinion, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you know, Shy's been phenomenal in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll be a good series if they get Russ back for sure. It's gonna be a good series either way. But um, another thing, um, I think that you know kind of needs to be talked about. It would be in uh, round two, but uh, Kyle Lowry is a game day decision for his ankle for the Raptors there. Um, you know, he's been a big – been a huge factor for the Raptors in the playoffs, a huge leader. So, if he's out for them, I think, you know, it, it gives a Celtics a huge advantage. That, um, but it'll be interesting to see. I agree. Um, were they supposed to play today? Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. were. Um, so, maybe that um, – that might help him, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give him a couple extra days, but uh, yeah. we'll see, I guess. Yeah, that that's the series I feel like will be the fun, the most fun to watch we've seen. I mean, we've seen some pretty fun series so far, but you know, those two teams have been so dominant here in the playoffs, and you know, the Raptors are playing with the chip on their shoulder, the Celtics are playing hot, so it'll just be a really fun series to me. Yeah, I think so too. Um, another. You want to what's up? Move on to uh, talk about coaches. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. you're good. No, I I was getting ready to go there too. So. Um, All right, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. Uh, the you know Seventy Sixers firing Brett Brown. Um, kind of a shock to me. I mean, not not necessarily a shock, but I think it was a. I don't like the decision um I don't think the problems with him I think it might be with the higher ups um he's playing you know he's playing with some injured players you know I just I don't know I don't it didn't really make any sense to me why why you get rid of him when he's been such a consistent coach the last couple of years 
Yeah, um, I don't. I guess I don't really know who to blame. Um, I mean, he's been he had seven years, mm-hmm. um, and in that seven years, he had a hundred and two different players. Yeah, which is um, kind of a front office type of thing. You know, he does he didn't choose. You know, he didn't choose to draft Markel Folds. He didn't choose to draft uh, Jalil Okafor. You no. know, um, which two players that didn't work out? Fultz is doing well in um, Orlando, but um, Jula Okafor is in uh, New Orleans. He's a bench player, but uh, yeah, those are two lottery picks that didn't really work out for him. Um, but then again, on the other side of that, you have seven years, and especially like these last three or four, let's say three. You know, you've had pretty solid a pretty solid roster. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, yeah, there's been injuries, but um, still, you got a max player in Tobias Harris. You have Embiid, Josh Richardson's a good supporting cast, mm-hmm. and you can't win one game in the first round. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, Simmons is out, but um, so I I don't know. Um, I don't really know who to put the blame on, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did see their GM Elton Brand came out and said that they're not planning on trading either Embiid or Simmons. Mm-hmm. That he plans to complement them more um, yeah. by putting more pieces, better pieces. So on, you know, when he talks about that, I think you know what you know. There are they they already had a problem last year that they were too big. They didn't have a lot of consistent shooters. I mean, they had JJ. But they shipped him out. I, they should not. They should have signed him. They should have just paid him. Yeah, and then they sign Al Horford, and I, you know, to me that that move doesn't make any sense. Your it doesn't your, make any your sense problem to me is either. you're already too big. Why get bigger? I that's that's why I think that it's not all of Brett Brown's fault. You know, I think that he wasn't the one that said, "Hey, let's go sign Al Horford." He was probably to me. You want more shooters. I agree. Um, that that move didn't make a lot of sense, and they overpaid for it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can bring in a veteran like that, you know, um, I think they're paying thirty million. You yeah. know, maybe like seventeen, nineteen million. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, that's not a knock to Horford either. I mean, he's a solid player. Yeah, um, and always he has been his whole career. But I just don't think it's a great fit for him. It wasn't, um, yeah. I'm it wasn't ideal. For pretty them. sure, it was only a one-year deal. So I would say they don't re-sign him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you can't put all the blame on Brett Brown, but you can put you can put I, you can put half of it. You yeah. know, um, um, and they have been talking about firing him for I think the last two years. I know last year there was talks, and I'm pretty sure the year before. So. Yeah. I mean, his time was coming, and um, Brett Brown was hired to be a developmental coach, you know. Um, I don't think there was really any long-term type mm-hmm. of plan for him. Yeah. Um, you know, when we're sitting here talking about coaches, another name, uh, Nate McMillan, been fired from the Pacers. Um, I, I I don't – that's another one that it's hard to put the blame on him. You know, he's playing without Sabonis. 
Yeah. Um, he's playing without a lot of, you know, a lot of unhealthy players. Victor Oladipo still trying to find his way back. Um, it's just it's just hard to hard to put a blame on a coach when he's doesn't have a hundred percent of his players, you know. Yeah, and they just extended him. Uh, they gave him a year extension a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then they got swept, and he was fired like two days later. Yeah. With I mean, Sabonis has been out. Um, I know Oladipo hasn't been himself this year. I mean, mm-hmm. he had a bad injury. Yeah, he's coming off of that and still um, still recovering, you know. I just mm-hmm. – I don't really understand that. But they came out and said that they were going to pursue Mike D'Antoni. Yeah, which will be interesting to see because if, you know, Houston actually proceeds in to, you know, win some games here, I don't know why he would want to leave. But I know that him and the GM don't see eye to eye, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But um, I just don't think Indiana is the type of team D'Antoni, especially the way he runs his system now. Like, I don't think they have the shooters around around the team, you know, mm-hmm. or the personnel. Um, yeah. I, I agree. Like. Um, I just – I mean, Oladipo's not a lights-out shooter. Yeah, he can shoot three, but it, that's not his game, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Brogdon, um, he's a solid point guard, you know, but, uh, I mean, he shoots 32% from three. That's not great. Yeah. Um, T.J. Warren can shoot to three, yeah. Um, they got Doug McDermott, but that's a role player. He's not a starter. Yeah. It's they're a young team, but they just don't have they don't have a lot of firepower offensively to me. So I just like I said, like you said, Dan Tony isn't like the best fit for them. So yeah, it's uh that just doesn't really make sense to me. No. Um, I probably would have stuck with McMillan. I mean, you only extend him a year, give him one more year at least, you know, and then mm-hmm. if that doesn't work out from there, then you know. Um, let him go, but yeah. yeah. Um, another another coach they talked about, um, you know, Billy Donovan. I think he's on one of his last years of his contract here. Um, he'll be on the you know he'll be on a lot of people uh, people's uh, projected list. You know. Yeah, um, I don't. I surely OKC will re-sign him or extend him. You know. Yeah, he's done. I mean, he could have very well got coach of the year. He's done very well, I think, this year. I, I, I agree. I think that would be a mistake if uh, if they let him go, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on here in the NBA, man. Um, the This whole situation of getting postponed has kind of, you know, affected the way we – affected a lot of our predictions and stuff because it's going to be hard to see who comes back and who doesn't before, you know, the next series. So, um, yeah. Um, looking like we're going to get games tomorrow though. Yep. Yep. They, they talked our Woj bomb baby, um, says games more likely tomorrow. So, yep. Well, I guess that's good news. Yep. For sure. It'll be, you know, we just got sports back. It's don't really want to see them go again. So, <laughs> yeah, man. 
agree. Well, um, I think that pretty much wraps things up uh, for episode two. Yep. Um, like I said at the beginning, we appreciate you guys listening. Um, this has been pretty fun. I know we're only two episodes in, but uh, we're going to just try to keep getting better. Um, I think this went a lot smoother, honestly, than last yep, time. For sure. Um, and I think we cut it down time-wise yep. pretty well. Um, we're, I think we're going to try to keep around this time, you know, somewhere in this ballpark. Yeah. Um, but, Last uh, time we got a little ahead of ourselves and kept on going with the NFL. It wasn't expected, but yeah. Um, like I said before as well, you know, we appreciate feedback. So go ahead and let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear, what you don't want to hear. Um, Cause we're open to, uh, suggestions and uh oh yeah um trying to make this thing better yeah um, um other than that um i think we're gonna wrap this thing up you got anything to add jack yeah we're we're on now we're on spotify apple podcast and anchor so you can listen to us on any platform um i link is in our instagram bio you know give us a share give us a follow give us some honest feedback we love to hear from you guys so yes sir thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week peace